1: Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Columbus Blue Jackets podcast. This is Aaron Portson of The Athletic, joined by Allison Lucan. Hello. And Tom Reed. morning. Yes. Uh, Wow. Uh, The Blue Jackets with an emphatic win last night. God, what a tough way to go here. They get just shellacked in Tampa Bay. On Saturday, they have to sit Sunday and just kind of think about it and then practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then sit throughout the day with that sort of hanging over their heads and it felt at least from a distance. I was not at the game last night. You guys were. So I'll let you describe it. It felt like a little bit of a a bubble burst that maybe some some offensiveness about this team that hasn't been there yet uh, started to. Emerge. Uh, could you guys feel that? Could you see it? Did you feel like last night was was a step in the right direction or perhaps a dawn, an awakening of some guys offensively? Allison, you want to go with that?
2: Sure. Um, you know, I think that, look, the first period was not pretty. Um, and overall, I think, you know, Torts' overall evaluation was the game was just okay in terms of how the Jackets played. And I think that's probably right, but I think that it's certainly releases a valve for different guys and a variety of guys to get on the score sheet last night. And I think that freed them up in their play. Um, The question was asked, you know, was there maybe too much time, too much thinking um, in this break that kind of hampered that first period? Maybe. um, But I think this is a good step. Um, I think they're still searching, though, to find their groove. I think they're still not... Playing, a hundred percent the way they want to play.
1: Hmm. Tom, you see that?
3: Yeah, I agree. I, I, they had a terrific second period, uh, no question. Uh, Bob, even even as bad of a goal as he allowed uh, to Sean Couturier on that knuckle puck, um, I thought he really was kept them in there in the first period, uh, and then they just they played really well in the second, and then kind of uh, you know finished it up, uh, big power, uh, big. Penalty kill early in the third period when heck the game was four three and you know the next goal ties it and and they get a a big PK early in the third and then I think one thing that probably will help a guy like Sonny Milano I know it was the, the fifth or sixth goal but still just to get a goal to see the puck go in the net uh, I maybe that that's a guy when you talk about trying to get some people going uh, will help I, I know Torch was saying after the game that. You know, when goal, goal scores, it doesn't matter what kind of goal. It can be a garbage goal. It can be a uh, just an empty net goal. Just seeing it go in the net maybe gets some confidence going, and maybe gets him going.
1: Yeah, it's all, I'm always slightly amused how Torilla says, "Geez, I gotta figure out a way to get him more ice time." And I, you're going, "We'll put him on the ice more." <laughs> like you know, make it happen, boss. And I, it's I was looking at the box last night, and I'm like, "Oh." Milano must have gotten going here a little bit. Yeah, I still think he played like nine.
3: Oh minutes. He, yeah. Allison and I were noticing like early in the game, that line wasn't even on the ice. I mean, usually yeah. you, you start to shorten your bench as the game goes on. This game started with a shortened bench and then yeah. they started on remember Allison, they only had uh yeah. oh, they were really only rotating three centers.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: It and was that, oh go ahead. No, 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 no. They were they were skipping that fourth line entirely a couple times.
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, Sonny was on for 13 shifts, nine minutes, 16 seconds. And, and yeah. you know, it was like Tom said, I think we, you know, we were, you know, you check the lines as they come out and they were just gone in the first period. Yeah. Um, that, to your point, that's a quick trigger finger <laughs> right there. Right. You know, and, and I, again, stop coaching, Allison. I'm sure somewhere torts is twitching. But, you know, if another line isn't going, Do you just try it? Do you just shift a couple minutes to these guys and see, see what can happen? You know, I I don't know.
1: Yeah. I think like, I don't think Sedlak's been great. I think he was better last night from, from what you guys said. I, I just, I think that line is a holding tank for guys, for misfit toys that don't fit elsewhere. And I'm not sure that Milano Bjorkstrand ever worked with a guy like Sedlak at the NHL level, just because they're, there's such different games. Maybe they can. Um, I just I think they wanted Bjorkstrand higher in the lineup. I think they don't know what to do with Sonny and Sedlak's only playing because Dubinsky's hurt. I think that's sort of the cold harsh reality of it, but they, they you know maybe they can find like if you just look at this team like when you we we're, we're hitting hard on Milano here, but who's he going to bump on the left side right Vanerin felino jenner no, who's he going to bump on the right side Atkinson Anderson? I mean, maybe. I, I just don't see, I don't know, I don't, you can say you want to get him ice time, but someone else is going to have to backslide, uh, I think, for, or he's going to have to knock doors down. And I don't think he's knocked doors down this year, so maybe it just continues on like this. But it looked like Panarin and Atkinson looked, were pretty dynamic last night. How was Dubois in between the two of them?
3: Tom? Uh, you, know, you know what? He, he, was, he, was, uh, he was okay. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I think that's uh, they're still waiting on him to kind of get going right. uh, season. Uh, the other two were fantastic. I mean, uh, Panarin's both assists were really good. I mean, the first one is obvious because it's just this beautiful pass to a cutting Atkinson for the first goal. But the second goal, as Allison pointed it out uh, on our video, the indirect pass off, off the wall was just perfect. And I mean, it was just, he couldn't have let him any better. Had he, had he, had he handed the puck to him. Uh, and on nights like this, when Panarin, uh, and again, you, you know, we, we usually see Panarin with great shots and everything. He was just the, the, the distributor. He also had a pass a little earlier to David Savard. He just had on a swivel all night, uh, against, especially in that second period. Uh, those two were really good
1: together. You know that Panarin is gonna be a monster on Saturday when the Blackhawks roll into town, right?
2: Oh, for sure. Woo!
1: That's gonna be fun. Another guy that that is I mean, has something to play for against any team for sure, but against the Blackhawks for sure is Anthony Duclair, whose contract he did he did not get a qualifying offer from the Blackhawks last summer, thus making him a an unrestricted free agent. That's how he's in Columbus. Columbus signed him at the league minimum, 650000 which I'm guessing sounds like a decent chunk of change to most people listening to this podcast. Um, that's the NHL minimum and a bit of a, a humbling situation and a contract for Duclair. And it, it reminds me of two years previous when the Blue Jackets signed Sam Gagné uh, to a humbling one-year contract at the NHL minimum. A player whose skill was was undeniable, whose place in the game was was up in the air, frankly. Uh, Different situations, because Gagné's not a great skater. Um, He was much further along in his career. Duclair is an incredible skater, as we've seen, and is still a young guy, 23 years old. What a revelation he has been so far. Uh, I wonder if there's going to be a point this season where we stop saying so far, in other words, there's a part of you that wonders if it can continue. John Tortorella still talks like this. Uh, He keeps saying, I'm looking. I am looking for the reason that this kid is on his fourth team already with that skill set at 23 years old. I don't understand how that guy's on his fourth team making the NHL minimum. Um, But so far – and that goal he scored last night is just a piece of it. But my goodness, that goal. Uh, describe that goal for us, Allison, and tell us what what does what about this kid's play so far has been difference-making for the Blue Jackets? Because it sure looks that way.
2: Yeah, you know, the, the goal was, and it was at a time when the Jackets needed something, right? Anything to happen. And so for it to not only be a goal, but also as dynamic of a play as it was, um Duclair carries the puck in the zone he he loses an edge may have been dragged a little bit down but just what what really stuck out to me and then I asked Torts about this was just the ability as he falls to maintain control of the puck with his stick to continue to stick handle it around flyers who are trying to take the puck in what should seemingly be an obvious easy situation to get it to get a takeaway gets himself back on his feet and just spins and shoots and gets it past the netminder. I mean, it was, it was fun. It was energizing. It was commitment to the play. It was doing the work. Um, I really, really liked it, obviously. Um, but what is funny to me is that just a few shifts earlier, he had flown in the zone down the left side and just waited too long, in, in my opinion, to get the shot off his stick and lost the chance. And I- Torts said, you know, that is something he wants to see Duclair do more of, is shoot more. And I think that that is, we know Duclair is fast. We've all seen it. He may be the fastest on the team on the ice. Um, but what I think he still has to learn is what Torts has talked about is assessing the situation and making the right play. Everything from the play in the neutral zone to just just fire it. Don't wait for the perfect look. Just fire the puck. Something might happen. Just fire the right. puck. And I think what's what's the fun wrinkle to the Duclair story compared to the Gagné story is that what the Jackets did with Gagné was they figured out the right way to use a player with his skill set, right? That was the, right. the big story. I think with Duclair, this could be the beginning of a different story, which is helping the player really find the way to maximize his game and perhaps sticking with the organization. I think it's, yeah. it's, it's different in that sense.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because I think when they signed Gagne, Gagne's, Gagne came into Columbus was, I've got a chance to put up 40 points and sign a long-term deal elsewhere. Right. And it's exactly how it worked out. From the Blue Jackets' perspective, is, it was, this guy could really help us from a skill standpoint. And at that money we can justify a player with, with probably second or third line skill playing on our fourth line. And maybe we can drop him in on the play on the power play. If it doesn't work out big, whoop. I, I agree with you totally here, Alison, where to Claire's 23 years old, I think there's probably some reluctance right now uh, from the blue jackets and from other teams to sign on long term with him. They just need to see more of it. But with, with that that set of skills, that speed, that youth, um, you know, Gagne wasn't getting any quicker. Look where he's at. I think he's in Utica now in the AHL for Vancouver. But this kid still has enormous room uh, for potential. So maybe it is the beginning of a long term uh, situation here with Columbus. Tom, what do you what do you see from this young man? You would have seen him play some games for your beloved Rangers a few years ago.
3: Yeah, uh, he wasn't there long. He was part of a, a big trade at the time. But, yeah, I mean, no question. It's been a great start. Um, and now I think the question becomes how does he handle that success after having his – you had laid out pretty well uh, some uh, some humbling times to get to this point. But there's no question it's been a really good start. Um, he's noticeable every game. I mean, the made the speed – uh, the athleticism, uh, the hustle—it's—it's—it's it's, it's there every night. And it was funny after the game. Um, you know, uh, we asked Cam Atkinson about it, and you know, the, as we always see the players come to the bench afterwards with for the for the celebratory fist bump. And I guess when when he got to the bench, Cam just said, "Da da da, da da da." He said, "That's that play is going to be on Sports Center." He has been. I guess it was number one. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that was, as Allison mentioned, it was a great play. I think he gets a little lucky. The, the puck may have bounced off a skate to kind of keep it between the two flyers. But, man, just to, to stay with that play and shoot it falling down, uh, tremendous second effort and just a tremendous start uh, to his time here in Columbus. I think, obviously, the, everyone's going to be seeing. Now that you see it a little bit, now that you see that skill, the athleticism, you want to see it more, right? And that's going to be the next step for him to continue it, to build on this good start because he has been one of uh, the more noticeable forwards night in and night out.
1: Yeah. I, it, and I, I would remind people how difficult it is to be the number one highlight on Sports Center. A, being hockey, but B, at a time when the NBA is rolling Baseball's rolling. That really that says something.
3: What was it? The solstice yesterday. What? Are, what were they calling it? All four sports for like the eighth <laughs> time in, in history. Oh. All four sports uh, were going at the same time because of the oh yeah, game. it was a
1: football game too.
3: Right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, I'm I'm actually going off a reader's comment that it was the number one thing. So maybe it wasn't, but I'm sure it was in the top ten. But let's just roll with it here because it sounds good.
1: Yeah, it just it's true. Whatever.
3: I don't. Yeah. Well, you know. Whatever. It's 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 our version of the truth.
1: Was well, it just? And another thing that might piss people off listening to this was there an MLS game last night? Yeah, I don't know for, for sure. So then maybe it's not the first time that all the major sports.
3: No. Play. Well, it's the top for the first four traditional yeah. four major sports.
1: Save the crew, baby.
3: Lay off the MLS.
1: Um. So there's a. A chance. We don't think we have a definitive date, but there's some good news on the horizon for the Blue Jackets injury-wise. Seth Jones, who has been out since late September with a knee injury, at the time the club said four to six weeks. Um, it could be four weeks. That's the indication from John Tortorella, who on on a uh, ra- on his radio show with with um, Anthony Rothman and Bobby Carpenter on 97.1 this week. Mentioned that that, uh, Jones skated really, really well and could be back closer to the four weeks than the six. Uh, Four weeks from the time of injury would be Tuesday. That's next Tuesday against Arizona. Again, no indication that that is a thought or a likelihood, but he did skate with the group yesterday, an optional skate. Uh, It'll be very interesting to see they skate today at noon, full practice, if, if Jones will be part of that. Um, I would think if he's going to return Tuesday, that he is. I would even think if he skates hard yesterday, or I'm sorry, today, why rule out tomorrow against Chicago? So he, he is getting close by all accounts. That's really good news. And I think, what are the Blue Jackets now? Four and two? Four and two. Four and two. I think if most... If you told people that the Blue Jackets would win two-thirds of their games while Seth Jones is out of the lineup, now it wouldn't always be pretty. I think they deserve some credit for sort of muddling through here at times and getting points in a situation that is quite obviously not um, not a perfect situation for them. Do you guys have thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it is it is impressive <laughs> to have what they have right now with Seth excuse me, on the bench. Um, you know, I, I, I think I said to you guys when, when he was injured, this is a guy who has shown that he returns from injuries quick. Maybe he just has super healing powers and we don't know about it. Right. Um, but, but I and I also think he's a player that's not going to come back before he knows he can be at his full level, um, particularly with a knee. So uh, when he comes back, I think it's going to be a real burst um, to this team. It's, it's interesting. I've been talking with some other friends about the worenski savard pairing, and, and I get it. I get why that's the pairing that's, that's been put together, but it just really hasn't been super effective. Um, it's been interesting to see what it's done to how Zach usually plays. It, I think those two are still trying to figure out how to play together. Um, so if Jones and Worenski return to what they have been, I mean, woo. It's going to particularly when you get that top line and that top pair out there. That could be some, that could be some firework type stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, Tom, how do you think this team's gotten through without Seth Jones? Does anything that you've seen results wise? I mean, this is a Norris Trophy guy. This is a 200 foot player. I think we've recognized here how valuable he is to Orensky on that pair as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just getting through with this. What does this say, if anything, to you?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean we the other day we were just talking about how bad they were and they, they, yeah they're 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 getting through um they they do have enough talent they, they, let's let's be honest they they have enough talent here to win games they're they're too tight they've made the playoffs the last two years so you know you, you expect them you expect them to be pretty good so yeah they they've been fine and and they, it, to to lose a guy who's such so valuable um. To them, it's it's been a it's been a nice start. Like you said, it hasn't always been pretty, but they're finding ways. And really, that's what you have to do at this at this time of year. Just I always liken it to uh, a squirrel going out and getting nuts. All you're just trying to do is gather points, gather points, gather points. I don't even look at the standings until December. Right. I don't really much. As long as you're not zero and five or, uh. or five and zero or whatever, whatever right. it is. You're going to be somewhere in the middle. Everyone's going to be packed up, right and bunched up. Uh, yeah, like right around the holidays is when I start looking at the standings. So just gather gather your points and and move along.
1: Such a different thing for the Blue Jackets after all those years of of uh, desperately clinging to hope that they would finally make the playoffs. Uh, putting you guys a little on the spot here, but we're we're two weeks, almost three weeks into the season. Is there a team out there that has surprised you, either to the negative or the positive? There's one team that's still. This is a talk about how things have changed. There's one. There's two teams in the league still looking for the first win. One of them is Detroit. Oh, five and two. That's a very.
3: Or, or do you just love banging that drum on on the Red Wings, don't you? Well, they're, they're all-
1: negative, negative,
3: they're- negative. negative.
1: <laughs> no, I, I've never said they were a horrible team when they were a good team.
3: You know, you're using the word horrible.
1: Well, they're 0-5-2, Tom. Is there is there a team, though? I mean, I, I think that's surprisingly bad. Forgive me if that's banging on them. Is there a team that's that has surprised either of you to the positive or the negative? Is anybody really like – because right now, to me, Anaheim is like, really? I mean, they're, I knew they were a good team. I thought they were a good team. They are flying. And playing really well. anybody anybody surprised you guys to to either either degree? Well, well I
3: would.
2: say... Oh, go, go ahead, Tom. Yeah.
3: Go, Tom. Uh, I, I mean, the, the the team that stands out to me is Montreal. I mean, I did not expect them to have oh, nine yeah. points. I, that it's would be cool. would be the most pleasant surprise. Uh, I, I'll let Allison grab it from there. Uh, that would be my most pleasant surprise.
2: And since Tom stole my most pleasant surprise <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know i don't i don't I don't know that there's another pleasant surprise I think i've been and i didn't realize this till last night, and I know they've only played four games, but Florida doesn't have a, a win yet you know Correct. they have they have two overtime points, but that surprises me um, yeah. I'm also a little surprised at what we're seeing from Vegas. I think we all knew there might be a little bit of a coming down to earth with them but it's there seems to be a little bit more disjointedness than what i expected in that process
1: they're playing now like people expected expected them to play last year
2: correct exactly they
1: can't score yes um i think there's a couple other surprises in there carolina for sure jumps off to me like they're yeah I, i i thought they would sort of you know, be a classic Carolina team from the last couple of years, they look like they're going to be a, a tougher out. And I, where Detroit is now, here I go again, I expected Ottawa to be, and yet this is a team with its head above water uh, in the early going, which is really surprising to me because that might be, I think, the worst team in the league.
3: Yeah. You know what? One other team that I think Bears mentioning here, and they've only played five games, is New Jersey. Yeah. Four, yeah. Plus eleven in, in the gold differential. Yeah, uh, they're off to a nice start.
1: God, and there's still the Devils. They've given up nine goals in five games. Yeah. Uh. Uh, right. I mean, here they are again. It's like Martin Brodour came back. Yeah, interesting. So we're we're getting into it here. The Blue Jackets are six games in. Um, so I think the games are going to start coming a little bit more rapid fire here now. And things will start either going one way or the other. But it does feel to me like last night was a positive step forward. So good news on that front. We'll talk to you all Tuesday. Uh, Thanks for listening to us. This is the Front and Nationwide podcast. And Allison, I'll let you walk us out of here with a little David Cook music.
2: I'll get right on that. We'll talk to everybody on Tuesday.
1: Okay. Thanks.